So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. What is going on, good people? It is Friday night. You know what that means. It's 11.05 Eastern Standard Time. Rick Uccino, SP3, the wrestling legend himself, Dutch Mantel. The gang is back together after I was in Dallas at the Hall of Fame induction and everything last weekend, Sid, holding it down uh, with Dutch Mantel. So I'm back. We are ready to roll. And thank God we got two good shows tonight. To talk about typically guys we start off with smackdown but after what we just watched uh sid and i we're going tarantino on this mother trucker tonight we are going to start with the with the end and work our way back to the beginning sid you requested this time to talk about john moxley and wheeler yuda and my god did tony khan brian danielson William Regal, John Moxley, and everybody put Wheeler Yuta over in a major, major way tonight. This man just got officially signed last week after ROH Supercard of Honor and him becoming the ROH Pure Champion. But this was his coming out party. This was the way to really stamp of approval that he is officially all elite. He was a crimson mass. The way this match started was just incredible. John Moxley coming out the crowd and then immediately Tope Suicida right to him, starting to fight, bring the fight right to Moxley. And they told a three-match story of this whole journey where Moxley completely destroyed him the first time they faced each other. Then the second time he got a little bit closer. And then this match just, you saw the look in Moxley's face. He kicked out of not one paradigm shift, but he kicked out of the Death Rider version of the paradigm shift. And it took Moxley takes basically choking him the f out as he bled profusely all over the ring this was just riveting it was so compelling to watch and this was a true star making performance for wheelie yuda and honestly one of the best rampage matches they have ever put together this was brilliant yeah they they're really starting to ramp up the rampages now like there there was a point there dutch where you know, and you even talked about it. It was just an hour's worth of wrestling. They were cramming a bunch of stuff in there. It was a couple minor stories here or there. We get these kind of matches tonight because Danielson and Trent Beretta was amazing, right? Like, and this yeah, was, was taped, a good match. This was taped on Wednesday, and everybody was talking about Yuta and Mox. Nobody was talking about Danielson and Trent Beretta. And when I'm watching that match, I'm like, well, how damn good was this main event? Main event was great. The opener was great. A lot of fun stuff in between as well. And then and next week we get a Texas death match at 7 p.m. 
Hell yes, Dutch. Hey. Rampage so, is coming up so in the world, baby. It's an hour earlier next week. Yeah, so Rampage is <laughs> no, at seven. Yeah, Rampage is at seven. Okay. Leading into SmackDown, which means we'll be on at 10.05. I love you, Tony Khan, and I love the NBA. Let's go, baby. Let's yes. go. Thank, so thank the I, NBA and Adam Silver. I didn't get I didn't get Moxley's match oh, because just, I have trouble coming on this broadcast sometimes, so I'll leave a little early. But now I have to go. I taped it, so I'm going to go back and watch it. So if it's as good as you guys said it is, I'll enjoy watching that. Now, I agree with you, Rick. These two shows tonight – you didn't sit there and go, oh, God, no. But SmackDown was good, and Rampage was great. So this was a good night for wrestling, and you don't see that very often. But tonight was one of the nights they both were in sync, and they both were clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, the the one thing I really loved about the, the main event tonight, going back to Yuta, is like, his mission really wasn't to go out there and, and, and win the match. It was all about earning the respect of the uh, – uh, what is it? The Blackpool Battle Club? Is that what they're the combat Blackpool club? Combat, combat club. club. Um, I got to write that one down. So I remember that. But anyway, he's going out there and he's doing Brian Danielson's moves and he's stealing John Moxley's moves. And it's all about sending a message and trying to earn respect. I almost expected him to slap William Regal when William Regal like put his hand out there, but they finally shook. And yeah, this, this was a great moment for, uh, for Yuta. And I thought the best moment of the night, was John Moxley staring at Yuta after and says, now the real work begins. Getting here is one thing, but now it's what you do afterwards. And this is this is going to be good. This is great for Wheeler Yuta as well. But like you said, Rick, this was filmed on Wednesday, the same Wednesday that had one of the greatest dynamite matches of all time with FTR versus the Young Bucks. Yeah, and right. people were telling you that we're in Boston. We're telling me that Willie Yuta and John Moxley was the best match they saw that night. So that says it all. That says to the quality of this match, how they had the crowd in there. The crowd had had seen about four hours of wrestling before this match started, and you wouldn't high. have known that they were high as hell they were invested into the story wheeler yuda has kind of like completely turned everything on its head he was a guy that was like the fourth best guy in a group of four people with the best friends and now he's like the real crust of this whole blackpool combat club story with william regal with brian danielson the one of the greatest in-ring workers of all time john moxley a former aew world champion you know william regal a legend but everybody is talking about wheeler yuda coming out of this that says it all they have really created a very riveting story and this matchup was just like the tip of the iceberg right now but i love i agree with you i love what john moxie says now the real work starts so they he's earned their respect but has he earned his spot in the blackpool combat club that's how you tell a story now that's the next chapter that has to be written gotcha. well, he, well, he got a spot he got a chance and he cashed it in and you don't get that many chances because if he got it he cashed it in he's there but like John Moxley says, this is where the work starts, and you're gonna you're gonna have to do this week in and week out. But I'm sure he can do it. You just got to get motivated to go. And Moxley's an easy opponent to get motivated for because if you're not on your game, you just beat the crap out of you. So I'm glad for him. I really am. Yeah, and this is right. Like, when you get an all-star trio together, like regal and moxley and 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 danielson and you start it's easy to talk about 
oh, well, we can bring in a guy like Wheeler Yuta and, you know, elevate him. And just by just by him being there, he's elevated. Or you can go to the nth degree and you can try and create a new star. And that is exactly what they have done in a very, very quick fashion with Wheeler Yuta. I know you missed the match, but the story is there. And they were hot for Yuta at the start of the match. And it just kept getting progressively better and better and bigger and bigger to the point where John Moxley, one of the biggest stars in AEW, that crowd was actively rooting for him to lose that match. They wanted to see Wheeler Yuta win. And when he kicked out of the paradigm shift for the first time, my God, it had to have been 11 o'clock at night at that point after watching four or five hours of wrestling and the damn roof blew off the joint. Well, they, were, they were invested in it. They yeah. wanted to see that match. So and I don't think Tony Khan will mess this up because I think the more he tinkers with it, the more it can get messed up. <clears throat> I, I would let Moxley and Wheeler handle this, most of it, because they put the work in. They did all the work, and the people popped on it. And <clears throat> So I, I'm, I'm proud for those guys. And what we've been seeing with like certain interviews that have been done, I feel like this story has a lot of Brian Danielson's fingerprints on it because William Regal admitted on AEW Unrestricted that it was Danielson that called him to come to AEW. He told him about the story that he had with John Moxley, and you know that he's a big fan of Willa Yuta because he said before, even when he got signed, he was talking about guys like Willa Yuta, like Lee Moriarty, like Daniel Garcia. These are the guys that he wants to work with. These are the guys that he wants to help. So he has his fingerprints all over this whole story. So I think that this is basically a vehicle to bring Wheeler Yuta into the Blackpool Combat Club and make him a star. But tonight was one of those star-making performances, like Dutch says, that he has to continue to do to really get every single crowd behind him. Because Boston was a hot crowd from Dynamite. It was hot during the Danielson versus Trent match. It was even hot for Willow Knight on this show like this was yeah. one of their best crowds in quite some time and that says a lot because all these AEW crowds I see I seem to say the same thing every week they're very loud but Boston is actually one of their best towns that they go to yeah, Boston's you. always been a great town I mean from years ago always a great town so sometimes those those towns have that chemistry and they buy into it so what was the best Sitting in on the Cody Rhodes uh, media scrum this week, it was very interesting to hear him talk about like each city in Texas and talk about what kind of a crowd that they were. And it's amazing that he's like could just rattle off like so, half a dozen cities in Texas and tell you what kind of a crowd that they are traditionally. For you, Dutch, what was you know what was like the hottest crowd that you ever worked in front of? The hottest crowd? Yes. Uh, everywhere. Yeah, out of anywhere. If you could pick like one spot, it was always hot, always great to perform in front of those fans. Which city would you Well, pick? Puerto Rico for one, because they literally hated me. And I kind of hated them. <clears throat> but they were so easy. Because I was the first heel when I went down there. I was the first American heel who actively, I mean, verbally trashed that island. And told them, you know, they, they don't speak English. They need to be deported. And all this kind of stuff. And I don't drink that crappy coffee down there. And the men were effeminate and the women were like unpaid prostitutes, not <laughs> basically. And I would go down the street and, you know, they'd say, 
Cecil Dutch. I thought it's because I'm such a great wrestler. But I found out that's because they really hated me. They really did. So, and it, it was so bad at, at times down there, I couldn't walk the streets. Kids would get on the corner and throw rocks at me. I'd have to go back to the hotel, keep getting my brains beat out. But that was it. And Memphis was a hot crowd. Florida used to have those hot crowds. Miami, Orlando, Tampa, they were all hot crowds. The only crowd in Texas that I never saw hot was Jacksonville. And ironically, that's where Tony Khan and AEW are based out of. But Jacksonville, they just sit there and look at you. Tallahassee was another town. Well, they, yeah. had, they had no energy. And we didn't have any energy either after we drove up there. It's like 260 miles. And we well, get to like this, like, God, I'm tired. Well, to be fair, Dutch, I mean, this is Jacksonville. They watch the Jaguars for fun, for crying out loud. So, you know. Well, that, that is true. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, going back to Stephen's question here, uh, SP3, you think uh, they are going to build to Mox and Danielson uh, getting the tag team belts? I think it's got to happen eventually, but they don't have to rush into this whatsoever, um, especially with as deep as the tag team division is. Yeah, because I kind of want uh, FTR after the week they had to claim those titles too and really put the stamp that they're the best tag team in the world. But I think that we're going to get new champions on Wednesday with Red Dragon beating Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. So I want them to have a little bit of a run so they don't have to rush into this at all. Like you said, like they can, they have a story already being built with bringing Willie Yuta in. And we don't know if the recruitment process for the Blackpool Combat Club is just going to stop at Wheel of Yuta because Lee Moriarty's out there. He got a lot of play during ROH Supercard of Honor. Maybe he'll get some more play in All Elite Wrestling on Dynamite and Rampage. Maybe he's the next recruit and the next guy that has to prove himself. He's never versus Moxley. He had a great match with Danielson before. Maybe he's the next one that has to prove himself to the Blackpool Combat Club, but they have a very compelling story without the titles being involved, so they don't need to rush anything. I was watching Danielson tonight, and I'm kind of unaware because I don't watch Dynamite. I was kind of unaware of the story, but he was kind of a heel tonight, right? He is he, he already is he already a heel, or is he just working his way there? He was so it was, it's interesting because when they put this pairing together, Moxley was a babyface, and Brian Danielson was a heel at that point. So they're kind of like working their way into the middle. And I think they're just kind of like going by however the crowd reacts at, at, at this point. But mm -hmm. it, yeah, it was a really interesting because when they put them together, it was Moxley and Danielson who were fighting one another with Mox being the baby face and Brian Danielson being the uh, being the heel. And then all of a sudden, William Regal shows up and everybody's like, oh, hell yeah, let's go ahead and just hook this this trio up together and let's have some damn fun. And that's just pretty much what they're what they're doing at this point. But my, but Danielson coming out of the uh, the hangman Adam Page feud has just been all about just kicking people's asses like that's 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 all he wants to do. He just wants to stow people's heads in. And I love what he's doing in his matches and winning in different ways tonight attacking Trent Beretta's neck and not really kind of like locking in the uh, little bell lock, but kind of just wrenching the neck sideways. Man is so good at what he does. And William, so they, well, William they, Regal said, like doing the little things. I love when he, I love the little things he does. Couldn't have said it better myself. But he didn't pin. Did he pin Beretta or did he give up? Uh, I because I of the neck injury. I didn't see Beretta tap out. So I think maybe the ref just called for the bell, but I'm not yeah, sure. It was a good finish. Because now, you know, since I've learned that he's had the surgery on his neck. And he does so many things with that neck making contact with that mat. 
and I know it's a work, but you know, still, if you've had surgery on your neck, it doesn't take much for that neck to go again. I actually feel uh, kind of sorry for him and concerned about him when he takes like a back suplex and lands on his head. So I hope he's okay. That, that ring doesn't give that much anyway. Yeah. But I like the fact that they've made that a part of the story, especially when you listen to the commentary. The commentary kind of tells you that, like, he they they often ask, Why does he do so much stuff that involves his neck? Like, tonight it was him running directly at Danielson, and then his his head completely ate the steel steps, and then that started the real the real story of the matchup with Danielson attacking the net, and then that's how he basically lost. So, I like that it's become one of his his basically his kryptonite in his you know in all of his matches through the years i've known a bunch of wrestlers and some of them i think literally had a death wish because they'd go out and do this crazy stuff on shows maybe 150 people there 200 people there and they go out and do this crazy stuff you know mick foley had a death wish because all that crazy stuff he did i think uh maybe randy savage maybe but some of these guys do some crazy stuff and i'm thinking why would you do that but they do it because that's what got them there yeah. so no matter how no matter how big a crowd is they still paid money to see it and heard an old timer tell me one time he said i don't care if there's twenty thousand people there or 20 people there they all bought a ticket to see yeah. this so don't go out there and lay on your ass get up and give them I mean, they're as deserving of the best show you could give those 20,000 people. Even only 20 people bought the tickets. So don't blame them that nobody else showed up. Just go out there and give them a show. It's made a lot of sense, really. Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen are two other people that have deaf wishes, for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I Did you hear the story from uh, Matt Hardy on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast this week ahead of WrestleMania, I believe it was 33, where the Hardy Boys came back? Did you hear that story that they told John Allen? Because that was right before, uh, the day, the night before they had that match with the, uh, with the Young Bucks. Matt Hardy got called by Triple H twice somebody else and then vince mcmahon and they all asked matt to make sure that jeff didn't do anything stupid in the match with the young buck he's he's told that story a a few times has he okay because that's the first time i have that was the first time i heard it and i laughed my ass off yeah i remember he did an interview right after they got signed and they were talking about that like how how he got he got told to make sure jeff doesn't do anything crazy and he still did some crazy stuff i was there live for that match and that was the best match of of wrestlemania 33 weekend for me seeing the young Young Bucks versus the Hardys in a ladder match. Well, I, well, I don't know why he's not hurt more than he is now. He's lucky after the stuff he's done. He does me like the old saying: "God protects fools and little kids." So I think he may fall into that first category, and I hope he doesn't get hurt. But I don't see how he can. I was watching one of his later Jeff Hardy one of his later matches, and he dropped the leg off the rope, and he sat right in the guy's face. Bam. The guy rode over and said, what the hell? He beat the, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I would lay there and let Jeff Hardy jump on me. I would have eyes all over that ring and a, whoa, I'd be gone. He said, why'd you move? I said, well, you was going to hit me. I don't <laughs> like to get hit. 
It's a fair point. <laughs> fair point. There, there was a scary spot uh, for me in this match. Maybe, maybe scary is a little bit strong, but I'm not sure what the heck happened with uh, Brian Danielson and Trent Beretta when they were like doing that suplex off the top rope. It looked like Beretta was trying to counter it into a bulldog. Oh, it was just Evan. a really awkward landing and especially for daniel bryan yeah, landing there that's what concerned me i'm just like oh he, like, he land he landed on him yeah yeah and dan and it had to hurt. hit his head on the mat like i didn't go back and rewatch it but it looked like he hit his head on the mat square and flush and given his head injury uh pass that will always make me cringe when he does that but he's yeah. another hey, one of these guys let me ask the question what he does yeah i see it Who's the guy that was out there first in the ring? What's his name? He runs the, the UFC school or MMA school. What's his name? Are you talking about Dan Lambert? Lambert. What is his deal? <laughs> he was with TNA, the same thing. And I think he came in and brought some of his talent. And he brought uh, Covington with him. I, I met him and he was there. But this Lambert is... I thought he was uh, horrible then, not much better now. But I guess he is kind of unlikable. But he's, he's gotten worse. He's gotten worse, Dutch. He. Yeah. Oh, you you believe that? I think he has too. Yeah. I, I think he's worse. unnecessary. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page can talk for themselves. They don't need Dan Lambert. Ethan so Page showed is, that this, tonight. This is what it is. I think he has offered his talent for the show. I think that's what it is. You know, he's not a poor guy. He's got money. He's got big time money. So, but I wish him success. But I don't. I, I don't. I don't see him really getting over. The other two guys he's got, they're good talent. They can talk better than he can, a lot better. And please, for the love of God, turn Sami Zayn <laughs> and Ty Conti heel because that crowd hated Guevara. That Guevara. that crowd hated. The that that them as a duo, and then when you listen to their promo, that's not a babyface promo, oh. that was a heel promo from yeah. them. So, so AEW, you know, Tony Khan, you're always saying that you listen to the fans, listen to those fans in Boston because they did not like them. And and when Ethan Pace said that they're a PR incident waiting to happen, they cheered him, they cheered all ego. And like you, like you said, Rick, they. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky is very charismatic on his own. Ethan Page can talk better, like better than most of the guys in the locker room. They don't need Dan Lambert. So no. this whole feud is just—it's very stale. I'm over it. I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to see Sammy and Ty presented as baby faces. They need to turn heel, and this will once again the Dan Lambert curse. He feuded with with Chris Jericho. That man had to turn heel almost immediately after. He feuded with Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes. They're no longer with the company. Sammy <laughs> and Ty. He's have cursed one it. Of two. <laughs> they have He's... one of two ways to go here. Put the yeah, curse it, of death it, on them. It's funny. I'm trying to pull this up, but my lights, you can't see it. I literally, one of the notes that I was going to bring up next is it's probably time for Sammy and Ty to turn heel on this one. So I'm, I, I'm thought, on this. I thought they were a heel. But it, <laughs> this is what I, if they, if they put Danielson and who's his partner, I mean, Moxley together and yeah. put Guerrero with them, that's a, that's heat magnets. I mean, you could feel the heat from them walking down the aisle. So if they put them together and let them go, and they don't need to change anything. 
And I'm glad that nobody writes their stuff because now you know what they can do. So if they're doing fine on their own, let them go. I got a question for you, Dutch. Has there been oh god outside oh god of, outside no, of no I didn't because you you I gave didn't me, do it no you gave I mean, me the approval as a wrestling historian so yeah, this I is did. from from my knowledge I'm just gonna ask you has there been a successful babyface with a girlfriend outside of Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth in wrestling in the last like forty years? Well, they were heels first. Yeah, they were even, all even, heels first. True. First one that comes to mind is Adrian Street, Miss Linda. Okay. Because he was a heel, but then people kind of liked him. Even down south, you know, he was the the feeling was, is he gay or is he not gay? Now he's got a woman with him, which throws him off. But and when he turned babyface, they loved him and loved her. So, but I don't think any successful uh Babyface, mostly they turn, and and they turn not because sometimes the promoter or the booker wants them to turn. He just hears the vibe in the crowd. He said, "Hey, I gotta switch you over." Would Would you count so, that Hardy and Lita? Not, not really. I don't think I, I don't that think that was I'd like that either. was that wasn't never really Matt Hardy and Lita. It was the Hardys and the Hardys. Yeah, I know that's they, why I was asking. Neither, neither one of, and Matt Hardy was never a successful babyface on his own. On like, his own, when no, you, when he, you never, look, he, he never, he wasn't, he wasn't no. a successful. I'm talking about a single star babyface who was successful with his girlfriend by his side. I think it's really Macho Man Randy Savage. When you think about the major promotions, it's Macho Man Randy Savage, and he started off as a heel, a mm -hmm. very, a very overprotective heel boyfriend for Miss Elizabeth, and became babyface over time. Like it doesn't oh. work when Sammy is on the when Sammy was like this when you think about where he was at beach break when he defeated Cody for the TNT championship and their decision to put place Ty Conti with them it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense someone saying Edge Edge and Lita no Edge was a heel Edge um, and were a heel yeah they yeah. were heels big time um, heels Seth and Becky, that didn't work. That actually was one of the reasons why people started turning on Seth. And, and here's the other thing. Uh, exactly. They didn't even have to put Becky and Seth on TV together. The second that that relationship went public, Seth was getting shit for that. Because there are just jealous fanboys out there. They hate that. Absolutely hate it. Uh, Rollin Curtis, uh, thank you for the super chat. If you guys want to get some super chats in there as well, uh, but yeah, he, the he key said word, at Mark Merrill and Sable were baby. The babies. key word I said, Rollin, was successful. Mark Merrill cannot be described as that. <laughs> he cannot, he cannot be described as that. The closest you can come to that is semi, semi successful. And that's just because they kept putting him on TV. I don't think he sold one ticket, he was just on the card. But he did well by the time he was there. Does John Cena and Nikki Bella count? No, Cena, Cena, Cena was already a top babyface even yeah, before they, they got together. Like I'm talking about a guy that's on the rise, that is getting popularity, and then you place him with the girlfriend. It's not that's not successful. Yeah. No, the Intercontinental no. Championship, especially at that time, that's not successful either, Rollin. No, it's not. He never became very successful because Sable got more over than Mark Merrill. So he did. That's a very yeah. fair point. She absolutely did. Yeah. 
That's a great so, question. I'd actually have to sit here and think about that. I might actually research that because I'm I'm genuinely, genuinely curious about that. Okay, that girl with uh, with that kid, that's his girlfriend? Yeah. Well, she's a heat magnet. She did some of those moves that those girls do, and you know, and you just want to kill her. You just want to go up there and you want to do a uh, you want to go up and slap her like Will Smith slapped the rock on on the Oscar. Well, he didn't slap the rock. He slapped Chris Rock. Big, big uh, Chris, Chris Rock. Uh, about 150 pounds difference, actually. Uh <laughs> Do you think that was a work? No, I don't. I don't. I think I think it started out as it. But I don't know I, why they do it. Well, Chris Rock's going to get a lot more business out of it. That's for sure. Uh, I don't know what Will Smith is getting out of it. I mean, he got a 10-year ban from the Oscars today. Yeah. That's what oh, he so he can it. just not Good. watch it on TV like the rest of us. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, I saw I saw a good one in the chat, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. But once again, Johnny Gargano was already a top babyface in NXT before they even placed uh, Candice LeRae with them. So no, <laughs> Killer Cross was a heel. No, yeah. I'm talking about babyface. Babyface. The people, you're bringing up right now. The key. Answer right there, Mark Henry and May Young, which their son made a fantastic debut. At yeah, that was that was good, very good. <laughs> oh gosh! All right, let's uh, let's focus in on the the arguably the biggest moment of the night here. SP3, they are continuing to build to the dream matchup: your boy versus my boy. We had Danhausen eating chips in a trash can tonight, and. These little segments are like nothing. They're like 20 seconds long every week, but they are, they're some of the best stuff on television. They're absolutely hilarious. Oh, I can't good. wait for this match to actually happen. This is going to be great. I, can't, I don't know if Dan Housen has been cleared yet from his broken leg, but God, I hope this match happens soon. <laughs> I'm enjoying them. Their their interplay with each other. I'm enjoying Hook not be still being so charismatic without saying a damn word. It's great. It's just great stuff. And then Danhausen, best line of the night was him saying, "I'm gonna eat these chips because that's where his power comes from." <laughs> I started dying laughing. That popped me so much. The fact that he's just sitting there in a trash can, eating somebody else's chips. <laughs> you wouldn't think that would now, work but it who, worked and here's who, the other thing dutch hook doesn't have to do a, a damn thing he didn't do anything tonight and it just but worked. what he does he knows how to wrestle yes and you can tell by watching him he knows how to wrestle he doesn't have anything to say so if they keep going along with this guy if he ever does speak the, the place with the roof will come off so, and they and they're building it well. You saw that in NXT uh, with um, Loomis or Mupus next or to Loomis, it? yeah, yeah. First time he spoke, literally said, "I do." I and do. The place lost their their shit. He said two words, and those are the only two words that he's ever said. Sid, I saw somebody put this out on Twitter. I think you're the per perfect person to ask as the card carrying president of the Hookers fan club. What well, what will Hook's first words be? I've been sent. <laughs> I've been what? I've been they, sent. The catchphrase on, on social media, Dutch, is send hook. So he's going to oh, yeah. say, I've been sent. That'd be uh, good. Josh says hi to me and Dutch, but not to you, Sid. No, you don't like Sid? <laughs> it's okay. On, Josh. 
Sid's a likable guy. I've stumped everybody with asking what successful baby face is. <laughs> he's, he's, he's I did see somebody say nice CM Punk and AJ Lee, but AJ Lee was with like 20 different people. So and it's they, like they in character, in character. But no, they were literally associated on camera for like three weeks before yeah. AJ moved on to someone new. So that doesn't count either. And she CM Punk between like Ziggler and, and Cena and Punk and like, yeah, she was she was with people I forgot she was even with at this point. I don't. Anyway, just before the women's revolution, that's just just what they did. Uh, Swerve uh, while, had a good while match. While we're talking about AEW, <clears throat> I don't want to jump gears here. Yeah, but did you hear Cody's interview on Raw? Yes. Did you yes, like I did. it? I did. Did you like it, Sid? I did for what it was. Oh, y'all looking at me? I, yeah, I did you like it? Did you like it? I think he tried to put too much in it. I did, I, and I think he wanted a reaction that wasn't organic, and he really wasn't getting that. I mean, it was okay for what it was. But, you know, he wanted everybody to feel sorry for him. And, and you know, Dusty, that's not that, that really wasn't Dusty, the people that know him. He didn't give a crap if anybody felt sorry for him or not. <clears throat> But I think Cody wanted to make it more uh, personal, and I don't think he really got that out of it. It was an okay, okay interview. It introduced him well. So yeah, no, and that and that's what I really focused on is because I was curious about how they were going to present him, and the fact that he's coming out there saying, "Look, I'm here for one damn reason, and that's to win the WWE Championship because nobody in my family's ever done that. My dad wasn't able to do it, and I want to do this for him, myself, and my entire family. That tells me everything I need to know about what the initial plans anyway are for Cody Rhodes coming into this, which is what I wanted to see. Now it's going to be, how do we get there? I think the main event of SummerSlam absolutely needs to be Roman Reigns defending his championship or ships, depending on what they're going to do with those things, against Cody Rhodes, and I think Cody Rhodes needs to win that match that's just my personal well, right now anyway this is my thought i think that's too soon but if anybody thinks that vince mcmahon is going to have roman reigns lose to cody rhodes after they went this two and a half years building him i think is deluded thinking i don't think he would well but he's he's done crazy things before but I don't think that does Roman anything. It just basically kills him off. I think at that Cody point, it, Rhodes, it, it wouldn't be about anything with with Roman at that point because he would have been on a two year a two year run as champ at that point at at SummerSlam. It'd be about making Cody at that point, wouldn't it? Well, I think Cody's only. I hope he does great, but I think he's only go, going to go so far. Because they'll see that. I think the fans, after you see him a couple of times, it's Cody. You know, they had five or six years of him when he first got there, or maybe more. And he really, he did a few things, but nothing really chart-topping or anything. So I, I think Roman Reigns, since he's beat everybody and pinned uh, Brock Lesnar to have Cody do it, I think they said, what the hell? I, I don't even know if that. I don't I even know if that helps. It, it, I don't even think it helps Cody to win. Who's he going to go against? He'd have to go right back against Roman for Roman to beat him. So I don't know. That's just a, my thought. What do you think? Oh, you don't care. 
Oh, uh, why'd, I, you, why'd you ask me? It, I think it makes perfect sense for for Cody Rhodes. I think I honestly think he has to. When be is the summer I don't know who the hell else is going to beat Roman Reigns at this point. I don't either. I don't think Vince has it either. There's two other choices. Yeah, I, I could kind of understand where Dutch is coming from. Butch could do it. No, no. But, Butch could beat you. Not not Scrappy Do. No. Um, <laughs> Nobody named Butch is winning a WWE championship. I can see them using the Roman Reigns two year title reign to build a new star. So someone like a Braun Breaker, for instance, or Gable Stevenson, an Olympic gold medalist, coming in and having. Who's like, the new guy they just signed? What do you mean? The, the Olympian. Yeah, that's Gable. Gable. Gable that, that's Gable. Okay. Gable Stevenson. He's an Olympic gold medalist. So I could see them giving him like the Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar rookie push and him being the guy that they make with this Roman Reigns title run. So I can understand where Dutch is coming from. Dutch has already established before Cody officially signed here that he doesn't view him as big of a star as his father or his brother. So I can understand Cody coming in is not that big of a deal to him. And he thinks that this two year title run should be making someone completely new because at the end of the day Cody made his name and became a star outside of WWE it and it's very unlike WWE to have someone that has become a star outside of their company instantly come in and win the title the only example that we have of that in the past decade is AJ Styles so correct, correct. but again I mean I don't know. I, here's the other thing. I don't. I wouldn't put it past them to keep the title on Reigns all the way to Mania next year if they can guarantee that they could get The Rock in there. But then I'm not saying The Rock is going to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, so are we going to have him carry it all over? I don't know when this thing ends. If it's not to Cody Rhodes at SummerSlam, I just don't know uh, when it actually goes down. Uh, can I, get, yeah. Let's be fair here. I can see Cody winning the money in the bank, being the honorable baby face and catch it in saying, Roman, I'm going to verse you at SummerSlam yes. to cash in my title and then beating Roman at SummerSlam to become the undisputed universal champion and then losing it to Roman the very next pay-per-view because that's what WWE does with the money in the bank winners anyway. They never give these money in the bank winners very great title and, runs. And, or and, and that's title my biggest runs. fear. And that's the only reason why I wouldn't do it at SummerSlam is because what happens after SummerSlam? We get a couple of pay-per-views, and then it's Survivor Series time, and then that's what killed Big E's WWE title reigns because they have to do this Raw vs. SmackDown BS, which they'll probably do this year, which means Cody's not going to be defending the title November, December, and then all of a sudden it's going to be day one, and he's going to be completely cooled off at that point because all the champions are cooled off uh, at that point. And then Vince is going to go, well, it's Mania season. Cody's not really hot anymore put the title back on Roman and start building up the Roman versus Brock. That's my only fear with giving Cody the title uh, at SummerSlam. A couple of matches here before we talk about Roman Reigns, because he did um, lay out his plans, not for him so much, but for the rest of the bloodline, which was very, very interesting. Uh, Sid closing out on Rampage tonight. I thought Swerve had another good match tonight against QT uh, Marshall, setting up a big tag match next week. And then if Tony Khan hasn't put up the graphic to sign Willow Nightingale yet, I don't know what he's waiting for. That crowd loved Willow, and yes. she showed on 
ROH Supercard of Honor and here that she has a lot of potential. She's just so likable, and that's very hard to get in a professional wrestler, especially when we just spent a couple of minutes talking about Sammy Guevara, who's a babyface in this company and doesn't have a lot of likable traits. And Willow Nightingale is like the antithesis of, of Sammy Guevara. She is very likable. She has a smile that brights up the room. She's She has a great comeback and great set of moves that really got the crowd behind her and made Red Velvet, who's usually a babyface, a heel in this instant for winning the matchup. I thought that this was a pretty good matchup. I thought I liked Swerve. Swerve is just like the smoothest guy in the ring, and I like what they're doing with this whole feud with Swerve and Keith Lee versus Team Taz. They established the feud on Rampage, and now they're giving them a spotlight matchup on Dynamite. So this was, like Dust said at the beginning, this was one of the best Rampage shows in a while. So what is the girl's name? Willow. Willow Nightingale. She was great. I actually thought they let the wrong person win. It's what I thought. I didn't think, I think Red Velvet should have done the job for her. Cause she looked more impressive and they did some really good stuff. Yeah, Again, I, a, a great show all the way through. And I don't ever say that. You sure as hell don't. Uh, I, I understand why Red Velvet won because heading into the match, she was under contract and Willow wasn't. So that that's why it makes sense that they booked it the way they did. I would have called an audible though, off of that reaction, how she was performing. I would have made the decision and I'm not one to tell Tony what to do with his money, but I would have made the decision to sign her mid match and say, put her over. Let's go. And you know, if I was Tony, I would run down there with a the contract right then on camera <laughs> and say, Hey, come here, come here. Sign. Okay. And they go under the beater. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> People said, what the hell did Tony Khan do? The fuck? <laughs> and meantime, Willow's agent is going, you signed a contract without reading it? What the fuck are you doing? Uh, hang on. Oh, by the way, one last thing about AEW here. Tony Khan really didn't have to do this. He did not have to get me anything for my birthday next week. But God damn, Dynamite card, Suzuki and Samoa Joe. Tony, it's too much. Take it back. You didn't have to do that for me. My he was like, he was like, you know, you guys thought I was going to be complacent after FTR and the Young Bucks last week. You know, I already got Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon on the show. I already got the Jericho Appreciation Society versus Kingston, Santana and Ortiz. I'm going to give you Team Taz versus Swerve and Keith Lee and Minoru Suzuki versus Samoa Joe. This is legit one of my dream matches for Samoa Joe. When he got released from WWE, this was immediately one of the matches that I said I wanted to see. I was like, I want Samoa Joe to go around the world and verse all the people that I always wanted on the verse. I want to see him verse Tomoyo Ishii. I want to see him verse Okada. I want to see him verse Brian Danielson again, Kenny Omega. And I wanted to see him versus Minoru Suzuki. I think that Samoa Joe is going to become the TV champion on Wednesday. And this is going to be an absolute banger of a matchup. Well, if you compare AEW, they got five times the depth that WWE does. Because well, even though, even though you don't know some of these people, Tony Khan has been very selective on, her, on who he puts on TV and he doesn't, very seldom does he put people on back to back TVs, right? I mean, so, and but, time we saw but, CM Punk? <clears throat> this is oh, my fear. Last Dynamite, last Wednesday. And this is my fear about Tony Khan. He's booking Dynamite. 
he's booking Rampage, and now he's going to book the Ring of Honor show. Well, he's doing a good job now, but I don't know about the Ring of Honor show. I but mean, some, sometimes that burnout can set in. And once sure. it sets in, it's hard to get out of it. He's, he, definitely I hope does, not. he definitely does seem to have plans for people. Like, just when I start thinking, like, he's completely forgot about people on his roster, all of a sudden we got a storyline for Jay Lethal. All of a sudden, Tony Nese comes out tonight, and now he might be going up with Smart Mark Sterling. So it seems like he's got plans for people, but he knows he's limited on TV time. So he's like, all right, well, I can spread this out a little bit. All right, I can, I can run this program out, and then once that's done, then we can move in with this. He does a very good job of kind of just playing snake and just keeping everything kind of spread out and keeping it fresh and keeping things interesting and putting new talent on TV and then going back to, to people after that's over. So he's been doing a really, really good job uh, so far. There is absolutely no doubt uh, about that. All right, so let's dive into uh, SmackDown tonight. Uh, gentlemen, we'll start with we'll the end because I thought this was very interesting. Roman Reigns cut his promo on Monday saying, hey, tune in to Friday because I'm going to tell you what's next for me. And then he didn't say what was next for him at all because he basically says he's done it all at this point. He lied. But he says the bloodline ain't done, and he is sending the Us. I thought he was talking about the Intercontinental and the United States Championships at first. I'm like, okay, now you have my attention. I'd like to see Jey Uso compete for an Intercontinental title. Why not? Let's move into that. But no, he's sending them to Raw to unify the tag team titles. This is something I have been pushing for for a while. Uh, SP3, I don't think it makes sense to have two sets of men's tag team titles and one set of women's titles, but your your reaction to the possibility that they could be unifying the tag team titles. I'm okay with it because WWE doesn't care about tag team wrestling, so it's better sure off. It's better off being unified. You don't. I don't want unified women's titles because that's less opportunity for the women that they have, and they have a vast amount of women. But they don't really have a vast amount of tag teams. They got the Street Profits. They got Alpha Academy. They got the Usos. They got RK Bro. That's pretty much it now because Red Rick Booze is injured. Viking Raiders lost in like a minute to Omos. Um, like, what other tag? Did you say New Day? Los Letharios. Yeah, New Day's there. Um, but I mean, New Day lost in two minutes at WrestleMania, so they're just there to be a name, basically, and they never have won at WrestleMania, despite you know the the records being clean now because wins and losses actually matter, I guess. Now, um, you got Sheamus and Rich Holland, but that's on shaky ground, as we saw tonight uh, yeah. with Butch. So. Yeah, they they break up yeah, tag teams like like they break that a sweat. thing. That thing with Butch tonight didn't really make sense unless they're gonna keep him just fighting him all all the time, and that's a decent story because you can drag that out. But for them to turn little Butch on his own doesn't make any sense. But I do like that guy. Oh, he can beat the crap out of somebody. And make it look good. I think he's really beating their asses. Yeah, so. and that's what I'm going to focus on with 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 Butch is bell to bell. At least for the first time that we saw him, he was still Pete Dunn. All right, like that bell to bell, he's still Pete Dunn. So that's what I'm going to choose to focus on with him. Uh, Rollin Curtis back with another uh, another one to throw at you here. SP3 with a super chat. We do appreciate the super chats. If you want to guarantee to get your comments in, you can throw them up here. But he says Tess and Steph were over with the fans, and they were. And then they completely buried Test after <laughs> Stephanie and Triple H's relationship kind of 
kind of took off. I love I love Rowling Curtis. I appreciate these attempts, and we always appreciate your super chat donations. But if you if you re- if you type this out and really believe that Tess is a successful baby face, then I know I know you I know you did a lot of drugs tonight. It's okay. Yeah, Rowling, you need okay. to put that pipe down. Buddy. It's okay. It's okay because those drugs is leading you to bring more super chats and more attempts to give me a successful baby face that had their girlfriend next to them. Did that you? was a, that was a good that was a good storyline that did get test over as a baby face, That's but I wouldn't describe test as a successful baby face because the second it was over, he disappeared. Disappeared. He didn't, he, didn't, he, didn't technically, he didn't technically disappear. He just really <laughs> right down the cro- right down the card when um <laughs> when Triple A showed up at a at a wedding ceremony in Las Vegas. Yeah. W- was that before or after his run with, with Albert? That was before? That was before. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, he had some success. And but I mean the most successful part of TNA was Trish Stratus. So Again, if we're if we're saying the word successful in there, and again, people have different varying uh, definitions of the word uh, successful as well. So, but we do appreciate the super chats. Keep them coming in. If you want to guarantee to get your comment in, send us a super chat. We really, really appreciate those uh, as well. Dutch, your thoughts on the uh, possibility of uh, unifying the tag team titles uh, to go with Roman Reigns' unified Universal WWE Championship uh, title belts? There, I, I don't feel any chemistry off of it, but. The- I felt chemistry with Brock and Roman, but they worked on it for two years. Yeah. The tag teams, they just let languish there for all this time. And Vince, traditionally, he doesn't really like tag team wrestling. He never has liked it. Years ago, I heard the same thing. <clears throat> oh, he'll do it, <clears throat> but he doesn't really like it. And I don't think he has any a lot of big plans for it. So if they... If they do center both sets of belts around the Usos, that's okay. Yeah. But it is something that that might lead to something else if you just start that. See, the worst angle never shot is the one you don't do. They do something. And then if it works, it works. If it don't, then they got 52 weeks of the year to change it. Said I did think it was a little weird that heading into WrestleMania, they started having RK bro and the Usos wrestle each other. Well, now this makes sense. If they're kind of setting up something between these two teams. Now I still wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have just straight up had, you know, those two guys wrestle, especially since, you know, that's supposed to be a survivor series gimmick is the one night only that we get raw and SmackDown superstars battling it out with one another. But I have an idea. Yes. We're talking about, the the empty bench, so to speak, are they? They have no bench. A guy that I think they may have one big run with again against Roman Reigns would be uh, Randy. Don't you think? When in I doubt, mean, trot him out. Well, I mean, yeah, but he go to that well for sure. I think he could give you an interview that would just. He'd walk the people in. And I think it would be a hell of a match. And the people, I think he's got enough respect for him that they seriously believe that he could he could beat Roman. And that's something we hadn't even thought of. Even though he's in a tag team now, you could take him 
just have him show up. I think he makes a lot more sense than Cody taking the belt because he's had that belt before, right? How many times has he been champion? Randy, 14 times. Well, see, he's got it. I think the people respect him, and I think he can still perform at a level that he needs to perform at. And I'm saying that because I watched WrestleMania. I watched the Brock Lesnar and the and the his match with Roman, and it just ended. Yeah, I mean Weird it was ending. just it was just. I mean they worked hard, but it was just a flat ending. It, it really was. So I'll say this much about Orton: he is arguably more over now than he ever has been at any point in his career. Uh, and he's having the time of his life. He's he's really connecting with the audience at a higher level than he ever has in his career. So, so that's what they should do. Putting Randy up against Roman Reigns as a program. Yeah, I'm, I'm with it. Would I have Randy Orton be the guy that beats Roman Reigns? I don't necessarily think well, I well. would because, again, they have an opportunity to make some. But I would rather Riddle be the guy that beat Roman Reigns than Randy Orton, to be completely honest with you. Riddle's another guy who's massively over. That makes more sense to me than Randy Orton does at this point. But that's again, I'm not I'm, saying, I'm, focused on I'm not saying to beat him. I'm saying just to go against him. Oh, that's fine. Yes. Yeah, and off. then you can go, whatever happens there. Then you got Riddle in the background. Yep. He could go right sense. to him. And while you're getting somebody else ready. Now we've been saying that for how long? Almost two, two years. years. <laughs> they got time to get them ready. Well, how much time does it take? But you got a guy sitting there, Randy, uh, Randy Orton. That's massively over, and he can control that crowd like, like nobody's business. Their hands. Yep. Yeah, and he's got them, and he'll go out there, and I think they would have great, great matches because they could layer it up enough that they they wouldn't have to take no super duper crazy bumps because Roman doesn't really do that anyway. Right, and and you could get that started by having. You know, Roman helped get the tag belts off of RK Bro, and that could be the catalyst for that. By the way, thank you for the super chat, Ozzy. I'm not acknowledging anything. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Ozzy. Thank you for acknowledging your tribal chief, your trivia champion, SP3. And to double down on what Dutch has said, Dutch shows why he is one of the best minds and been in wrestling, why he's done amazing booking for places like Impact Wrestlings and places around the world, because he came up with a better idea than WWE did, trying out Shinsuke Nakamura, someone that I love. I've loved him since he was in New Japan, but you can't tell me Shinsuke Nakamura is the best idea they had for a challenger for Roman Reigns coming out of WrestleMania when he just lost to Jimmy and Jay at WrestleMania. Yeah. Was that a crappy finish or what? That didn't make any sense. I was just like, but, at least get him a win before he comes out and you, you present him as the possible first challenger. Like, what? But if you wanted a big reaction, if you'd have had Orton walk out there, the people would have went nuts. Now you said, oh, my God, I didn't even think about him because they've led the people in another direction. So putting my... Vince hat on here, SP3. Uh, don't do that. Don't do that. I I can connect the dots to get Shinsuke Nakamura out there because he's talking about 
the bloodline and and having them accomplish and yes the bloodline took out uh rick boogs at wrestlemania not really because that was you know an, an injury that he, he had took out himself i understand that sp3 but still he got hurt in a match uh, with hey, bloodline shinsuke nakamura's pissed he off said he yelled at you <laughs> i heard him stop it i i get Rick. it i understand what actually happened but you can bend it to a way that shinsuke nakamura could wind up out there because he was feuding with the usos what i would he be my choice to face roman reigns right out of the gate here no but i'm happy he's getting this opportunity i'll i'll say that much because this is something that he they should have done a while ago when he got screwed out of his his rifle number one contender spot um that was what a year ago now at this point that was and i say that something before, that was before last year's wrestlemania they should have done this yes Dutch. okay when i saw both of them in the ring nakamura and roman no chemistry none we're talking about there was a nice hug there there was a nice moment there still they no chemistry they didn't do anything. They didn't let they didn't let Nakamura do anything. He, well, he they know he there. walks to the ring, and what's he gonna do? Just is he gonna go in there to hug him? Didn't he beat the crap out of him? Uh Roman hugged him, which confused the hell out of him, which it would confuse the hell out of me too. Uh, and then he got blindsided super kick. It was I think all you'd have to do if you had Orton walk out there and says, Watch your back, or I'm on my way, or whatever, and end it. Yeah, but until the, until there's a reason for Randy to be out there, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's going for. He wants to go for the title gonna, again. It, he yeah, tells I, the he tells the whole story by being there. No, I would have. I would have. I'm gonna tell RK, you, Rick. I would have had RK. If I gotta come up come to out. Cincinnati and just backhand you, I will. I'll be up there about seven o'clock in the morning. But when you walk out, walk in at seven o'clock in the morning. I'll just backhand the hell out of it. Why don't we reschedule for about 3.15 in the afternoon? That's better for me. What were you saying? To well, it'd be an easier trip if it's later today, too. So, I would have had RK Bro come out after he called them. He basically called them out by saying he was going That's after fair. Raw Tag Team titles. And then, and then it would have done what I would have done to end this show is whoever's the challenger or whoever's going to be the next person, they need to get one up on the bloodline to present them as a threat to them. So it could have been very simple. You have RK Bro come out, they're cutting their little promo, and then RKO out of nowhere on Roman. And before the Usos can get to them, Riddle and Orton are out of there. Well, and they out. made a sense they made a statement or in lays out roman reigns you set up the tag team match but at the same time you're showing that orton can catch roman with the rko out of nowhere so i think it'd been a great ending because you'd had people talking about that i don't think they're talking about nakamura because that has nothing to do with roman really does it it has has, has to do with the with the uso boys well, but he, that was the fo that was the focus of Roman's promo. He's like, "Look, there's nothing left for me." I don't care what the focus was. I'm saying take the focus and put it on Orton. Because if you want people to start talking, you got to do something. I don't think nobody's talking about the Usos and Nakamura. I just don't. Do you, Sid? No, I, I, I don't. Now, yeah, Sid is a historian. He's, he might not be too much on the chemistry part, but he is the historian. So. I just, I just felt like I said after the show, I was like, Roman closed both shows in the most lackluster ways possible. 
Like this was a little bit more. This overall show was much better than the Raw after WrestleMania. This felt more like a yeah, Raw after WrestleMania than yeah. Raw was. But this ending was the same kind of lacklusterness, except that Roman didn't tell us to watch Raw. Watch Raw on Monday. At least he didn't tell us that. So at least there was something okay. that hinted at who's his next challenger. Something we can all agree on is the reason why this felt most like a Raw after Mania that everybody was expecting on Monday is tonight actually had the debuts. Tonight actually had the surprises. And this is something that Sid and I talked about on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Everybody's expecting all these, these major returns and surprises on Raw. They didn't need them. Raw, Raw's roster is set. They already got Cody. They probably are going to have Braun Breaker uh, uh, in some capacity, even though he just won the NXT championship back. But they're they're deep over there. There's not a lot of holes on that roster. The, well, there's holes in the creative department, but there's not a lot of holes in the talent department. SmackDown is the roster Dutch that needed reinforcements, and tonight they got them. Well, I liked SmackDown because it did introduce different characters. Who was at the, that Lacey Evans interview? Yeah. Was very, very good. Because a lot of people can identify with that. Like she's one of us. She's had hard times. And the people were like her. Now, who was the other girl? The Hernandez girl or Fernandez or what was her name? It is now Raquel Rodriguez. Rodriguez. It was Raquel Gonzalez, which now we know why. Uh, they her and Dakota Kai dropped the NXT tag team titles three days after winning them at Stand and Deliver on Saturday is because Vince picked up a phone and called Shawn Michaels or Triple H or said, hey, uh, Big Mommy Cool, yeah, I want her. So y'all need to figure out how to get the belts off of them. And that's that's what happened. And I don't, Sid, I don't know why they necessarily needed to do the name change, but as far as name changes are concerned, they they could have done a lot worse to her. That's That's, that's for sure. This was the best name change that they've done in months. Like this and her name was Gonzalez. Gonzalez, yeah. yeah. That's but I understand the reason why, because Gonzalez is her actual last name. Okay. So WWE wants to own the name, so they gotta make it something else. And Raquel Rodriguez is much is the is the least offensive name change that they've done in Chris, well you just over told a year. You don't yell at us. He just told you well, why. Don't yell at us, Chris. Well over a year. Yeah, it's not it's not our fault they want to own the name <laughs> they want to own the name christopher that's the reason yeah, why christopher. so that's why they had to change Rodriguez. watch it christopher rick will yell at you <laughs> gonzalez to rodriguez sorry uh, i'll tell you what her presentation was great tonight because they took six foot raquel gonzalez and they put yes, her up next was. to four foot eleven kayla braxton and it was like she looked patrick six, standing next to omos like that's what it looked like tonight she looked like she was six five. I thought she was at least six three. She had to be wearing heels. She had well, to be because Los Lotharios are only like an inch shorter than she is, and she was towering over them. Now they got some big girls in WWE now. You know, if they got the uh, uh, the Evans girl and this Rodriguez girl and Ray uh, Ripley. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some big girls, so. And they're all talented. They're all really, really talented. And I think Lacey Evans and Raquel Gonzalez are, excuse me, Rodriguez, uh, are going to be great additions to the the women's division. Uh, I don't think this bodes well for women like Aaliyah and Zia Lee and Shotzi Blackheart, who we have not seen in weeks at this point. 
I haven't heard those names in years. Well, the, <laughs> Aaliyah, she's she's greener than grass, even though she's been warehouse for seven years. She doesn't know. You can tell she's timid. She doesn't know where to go, what to do, and she stutter steps. And maybe she just didn't catch it. Maybe she just didn't learn it, or maybe she's nervous. But it's the wrong time to be nervous right now when you when you when you're up with the A team. Yeah, I, I do like Zaya. I like Shotzi for whatever reason. They can't get on TV right now. And when you bring in somebody like Raquel Rodriguez, that's going to take some time to get used to, obviously. Uh, and then you're bringing Lacey. E Lacey Evans is somebody who was prominently featured on television every week with Ric Flair. This is somebody who's going to get TV time now here on SmackDown. But Dutch, like you said, I loved her promo tonight. I love the presentation. I am all for bringing out the real people and putting their stories out on television. Her, her and, actual and that life... Was, that was a real story, because you can tell by listening to her. Yes. She didn't make that up. No, that is... that. I'm, I'm sure maybe there was some amped up, maybe, I don't know, but she, give me people telling the real story, because her, her actual life story is better than anything WWE could come no up kidding. with, and it's damn sure something that I'm going to connect with and root for more than any of this sassy Southern Belle stuff or her banging Ric Flair. Like, I don't... They tried to do this shit at one point where they tried to make her the, the badass Marine, and that lasted all of, like, what, four weeks before they turned her heel over a singing competition for crying out loud. You just remembered that, didn't you? <laughs> I, I remember they, they tried to make her a baby face, but it wasn't even about her being a badass Marine. It was about her being a mother, if you remember oh, yeah, that yeah, whole yeah, feud yeah, right. with, with Bailey. Like, this is the first time that they told the story. And this is something that people like me that have been watching Lacey Evans since NXT, I've been wanting this because I knew the story when she first came into NXT, that she was a Marine, that she's been through so much, you know, through her life from upbringing to being in the Marines to being a mother. She's a very three-dimensional character that they made one-dimensional for a very long time. This is a vast improvement from the sassy Southern Belle. I like this presentation, and this was one of the highlights of the whole entire night for me. When I first saw this tell your story, Ron Fuller did it in Knoxville years ago, and I forgot what he called it, but guys went over there and told their story. So the people, when they hear the story, and he said, make it a shoot, because people are going to ask you, and that got over with people. Because you're talking about the same stuff that they're familiar with. And it got over. I forgot. Unless Thatcher did it, produced it, did a great job. Because that was way, way ahead of its time. So, but it worked. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you get these, when you get these talented, these talents and they go out and they do, you know, interviews with people like Sid or people like myself, and they actually tell like their real life story and let people into who they are as people and they really start connecting like they start doing that more and more and more these superstars are everywhere now doing media and that's why it's it's hard for people to to boo somebody like a becky lynch because they know how great of a person she is and they know and they they connect with her they she's inspired them in some way so it's people are going to connect with the actual human beings themselves uh more often than not which is why i think this lacy thing has a huge chance uh to work and um 
you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what the next chapter is going to be uh, next week. And I honestly, I'm, I'm very excited to see her, her back on television. They uh, said they were going to do two more installments. Is that what they said? Yes. I, I'm wanting to hear it. I'm wanting to hear that more than I want to see a match. Just to see what she says. I'm with it. Sid, let me ask you, what did you think of Ludwig Kaiser tonight? I, I like that guy. You do? You do I like liked, him? I liked him. I, I liked him too when his name was Marcel Barthel. I like, I like, and that name is not even that great, but it's, it's an, it's a vast improvement from Ludwig Weisse. Oh man. And What's then, his name now? Ludwig? That's his, Ludwig, 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 Ludwig Kaiser is his Kaiser. name now. It was Martel, Martel, Marcel Bartel, Marcel Bartel. And he did have a tag team partner, Fabian Eichner, who for whatever reason, they did not bring along with him. There were three members of Imperium. Now there are two members of Imperium. But I liked the presentation of Gunther. I did. I love it. I love the red jacket. I love sending him out there to beat the crap out of Joe Alonzo, who I hope got paid handsomely uh, for his uh, squash match tonight because he earned that paycheck by taking that whooping from Gunter. Um, well, my friend of mine was sitting with me tonight. They says, "What they put him in there with just a just a guy that he's going to beat?" I said, "To get him over," and he got over. Because the people's been there with somebody else, you're going to beat up on that's that's on the roster. Then you hurt one member of the roster. So sacrifice somebody they don't know, and he he got sacrificed, and he did a good job at it too. Yeah, I so agreed I, with everything both of y'all said except for the red jacket. I don't want Gunther and Marcel Barthel coming out in Nazi apparel because they had they were dressed like the Nazi flag. So, yeah, I don't I know if this was that. the this I don't know if this was the best improvement. I don't know if Gunther, who is uh, from Austria, should be billed as from Germany. Um, there was a, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that I would have changed about the presentation, but the match itself, I definitely one hundred percent agree with you. That was the best presentation of Gunther, where Gunther was still Walter in the ring. Those chops are like gunshots every wow. single time. And especially hey, when he ki he kicked him one time, I thought he kicked his head off. Yeah, I was gonna say he 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 sat in there and took it, man. There was no feigning. Joe did his job tonight, which, like well, I said, he did. Was, he did. I hope he got paid really, really well for it. Yeah. What's it, his uh, manager? What's his manager's name? Oh, Gunther's. Yeah. Who was Ludwig that guy? Kaiser. That's that's that's, that's Kaiser. Okay. Yeah, that's Ooh. Kaiser. Yeah. So it's Ludwig Kaiser and Gunther, and yeah, Sid Newton. Yeah. Now that now that you brought that up, that was he Walter before? Yeah, that was Gunther Walter. was Walter. Yes. Okay. Gunther was Walter, and then yeah, Ludwig went by another name uh, as well. But again, it adds to the it adds to the bench. Hopefully, Ludwig uh, will wrestle uh, as well. But uh, it clearly seems like they're building Gunther up to be a, a huge single star here on SmackDown. He's a guy that we didn't bring up as a possibility to to take on Roman Reigns and, and yep. beat him for the Universal Championship. Well, we brought up Orton first because he's established. Right. We're talking about going right now. Give it. Give uh, Ludwig. Ludwig. Give him six months. And you move him into the spot. 
they that he's he's better off. He's gonna be maybe a future Intercontinental Champion. I could see him being the guy that dethrones Ricochet, but I, I I don't see him being the guy that's gonna dethrone Roman Reigns. I'm sorry to say that, but the, not, okay, it, so you don't see him dethroning Roman Reigns? Is that what you said? No, I'm, I'm I agreeing. I don't. I don't. So, see it. but correct me if I'm wrong, Rick. Didn't you say that? Uh, uh, Cody Rhodes should beat Reigns for the title. Yes, I did. See, so do you agree with that? I I do because I think that Cody Rhodes has a compelling babyface story to complete this, or and they can make him. They can say we make Cody a bigger star than what he was in AEW because yep. he never won the AEW World Championship. So I could see them doing that. The number one thing I wanted to say about this Gunther match, though, Pat McAfee was hilarious on comments. Yes, he, was. he was hilarious all night, as well as in the Xavier Woods versus Butch match as well. But his his line about will. Smith bombs to the chest for vault for uh, Gunther's chops was chef's kiss. I, I love that one, but for some reason, when he said he's stacking them up like pancakes at the IHOP, when he dropped that line, that's when I lost my shit. Like I don't know why that line hit me at the time. I think it was just the inflection that he that he put on it, but just the way that guy talks, man, he is so damn good uh, at everything that he does. Um, like, but seriously, something that we had talked about for for weeks now, leading up to every time we were on SmackDown, I was like, man, they've they've cut this roster too thin. The bench is empty. There's a lot of things that we can nitpick, and we have. But the additions of of just from a sta- talent standpoint of Ludwig, Gunther, Butch, uh, and Ra- Raquel Rodriguez now, and adding in Lacey Evans, I mean that. There's there's a lot of additional talent that they've added on SmackDown, and they could and, add some more, and it's getting better. The talent and they, they needed better. this added talent too, because I think tonight was, I thought last week SmackDown was pretty good, because even though it was a maintenance show, but tonight was I think better than last week. Last week's show was basically, uh, Sid. I'll let you answer this one here in a second. Last week's show was basically the pre-show for WrestleMania Saturday. Because we didn't have any matches on the WrestleMania pre-show, even though it was two hours long, which I thought was something that was really, uh, really weird. Uh, Ronald Curtis here, uh, SP3, throwing out one more for you here. Uh, the Undertaker and Sarah, your response, sir. He's just trolling me now, ladies and gentlemen. Roland, you're not, you're, you're not funny. No, you are funny because I know you're trolling me now because Sarah made Undertaker. Uh, he, he, people started hating him when they played Sarah with him. Like they ruined Diamond Dallas Page. This was during the biker gimmick for The Undertaker where he was significantly less popular than he was as the dead man, but he, he was already an established star. He had already already won the WWF championship like twice. He was one of the biggest stars in the company when they played Sarah with him. You're just trolling me. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, stop that crap. Keep them. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. We appreciate you. Uh, Steven says, where will uh, LA Knight, Tommaso Ciampa, and Io Shirai go? I think LA Knight's going to SmackDown. I think Ciampa's going to Raw, and I think Io is staying right there on NXT where she, she has been. And Eel's the one that needs to get called up the most, but I do agree with you. I think that Ciampa is going to Raw to be in the grand jury with Edge and Damian Priest and probably Rhea Ripley in the future. I can see LA Knight on SmackDown maybe as a as a manager. Stop it. Sorry. Stop Sorry. it. Sorry. Well, tonight was the new season starts, right? Yes. Raw started, SmackDown yeah. started. 
Correct. So this is the new season. Yes, according to Xavier Woods, everything resets. Yes. Well, it does, A- including the said. fact. Yeah, sorry, but including the fact that Xavier Woods is no longer King Woods. What? Why is he no longer oh, King fuck. Woods? I don't know. I don't know. Baron Corbin had that damn crown for two years and they didn't take it off of him. Xavier Woods comes back from an injury after what? Three months. He was out three months and he comes back and people were excited for him to be King of the ring. That's what he's wanted his entire life. People were happy that he was King. They give him this, this awesome ass crown that looks like Bowser's crown from super Mario brothers. They give him a banger theme and then he comes back from injury and it's just, Nope. Sorry. We're done with this. Xavier Woods now. That's what they do. Still queen on raw. What the hell are they doing? That's what they do. But I do think tonight they put a little more thought into this show. Yeah, they did. And they exposed more people. So I I think they kind of got their crap together this week. Much love to my favorite people on YouTube. I acknowledge you, SP3. DJ, I hate you for making me read that sentence, yeah. but uh, we do appreciate uh And I love you too, Dutch, but Rick can go to what? Oh, what the? No. Quit the Son of a... No. Well, shout out to DJ Eric. He had surgery this week. He's uh, recovering. I hope you have a speedy recovery. Good brother. He's one of our great supporters over on True Hill Heat patreon.com forward slash true he he's one of our patreon backers so shout out to dj eric i love you well i won't go that far dj i don't love you but i kind of like you i guess i i I hope i don't know you i hope you're doing well sid i'll say this much i if they brought la knight up and he's gonna manage anybody have him be the mouthpiece for Ronda Rousey. Why the I, hell? I, I was literally going to suggest that. <laughs> hey, I was thinking Someone that same thing. <laughs> we, Ronda uh, Rousey needs a lot of help. A lot of help. Here's the thing that irked me, right? And this is something that we've talked about. She got screwed at WrestleMania. Why is she? Why are they having her come out there smiling ear to ear? I've always thought that. Why is she supposed to be a tough ass? Why would your attitude change from the, the from the start gate to the ring and all of a sudden she's kick-ass Ronda Rousey when she smiled all the way down the, the ramp? If I lost my second match ever in that fashion on the biggest stage of them all, I've now lost back-to-back matches at WrestleMania. I'm going to be pissed off. I came back after four months after having a baby. Won the Royal Rumble. Earned my opportunity at the main event. I'm talking as if I'm Ronda Rousey. I earned my opportunity as the main event at WrestleMania, and then I get screwed out that way. I am raising hell. I am torching the arena down, metaphorically speaking, not literally. I am torching the arena down when I get there to open up SmackDown. I ain't coming out there smiling. I'm not. It didn't make any sense to have her coming out there grinning ear to ear and then cutting this another lackadaisical promo and saying, Hey, I challenged Charlotte to an I quit match and the I quit match will be good. If, and when it actually happens, I guess we'll find out officially tomorrow. Uh, Adam Pierce says the higher ups will tell you tomorrow. Uh, so I guess that's their way of saying tune in to our social okay, media. This is, this is one of the things I hate. The higher ups will tell you tomorrow, but all of a sudden they can make a match within 20 seconds on the show. Just get in the rain. Let's go. 
Who makes well, that decision? Adam, Adam, Adam Pierce Adam doesn't have the authority to make a match of that magnitude. He can't not, just not that, but I'm saying an I quit match. They had a tag team match, and somebody jumped in, and somebody else joined. Then it turned into a six-man, and nobody sanctioned it. They just did it. I, I think this has everything to do, SB3, with Charlotte's clout. She's one of the... She's she's one of the crown jewels in WWE, so obviously Adam Pierce has to go to the higher ups before he can just put her in an I quit match. Man, <laughs> this was just, it was not it was not a good opening segment. Uh, I agree with you guys. Rhonda should not be smiling, even though she's a baby face. I understand she's a baby face. She needed to have that I smell dookie face that she had later on in the night when she first came out because she got screwed at WrestleMania. Come out with that I smell dookie face and that mean Rhonda face. Like That's what we needed <laughs> at the beginning, not later on. I agree. So, that, should be good, that should be good. Give her LA night. And and let her take off. I know everybody says Heyman, but Heyman's busy with Roman right now. I say Malcolm Bivens. Give me Malcolm Bivens. They 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 they're gonna probably bring Roddy to the main roster. He, uh, Ivy Ivy Nile doesn't really need him right now. She's actually pretty good when when she is able to talk. The Creed brothers don't need him right now because they're going babyface. So. Malcolm Bivens on the main roster with Ronda Rousey. Get him, give him a raise, have him talk for Ronda. Perfect. All good. Call it a day. Here is something I never thought I would say. Dutch, this crowd was cheering your boy, Madcap Moss, tonight. He was He's over. over tonight. He's over. WWE pulled a miracle out of their ass. They had somebody in short shorts, no shirt, and a, he got, he, and a stupid ass hat getting cheered tonight. It's the way he puts over his corny jokes. People love that. And I, I kind of like him. I mean, he's he's about as far as he's going to go, but at least he's kind of over. I wanted him to chuck the suspender so bad. Like he stomped on the stupid hat. He chucked that. I wanted him to rip those stupid suspenders off and throw them into the crowd. That's what I was cheer really cheering for him to do. But people well, just maybe him hate. and maybe him and Butch can have a suspenders match. Well, you know, Vince doesn't like two people having the same thing. So he's like, Well, crap, Butch has got the suspenders now, so we gotta take him off of Mad Cat Moss. Maybe that's it. But I can't believe this actually worked. Like people love to hate Baron Corbin so much that it got Mad Cat Moss over. And yeah, he's well. They he's tell got an opportunity now. Yeah, they telegraphed it well, and you knew it was going to happen. And when it happens, and you like it, so now he just now you just got to carry through with it. Said your remember reaction. you hate you always hated Corbin. I liked him when he was poor. I don't like him now. Right, Sid. Oh. Yeah, we, we love bum-ass Baron Corbin, and we got a little bit of bum-ass at the start here. He was upset oh, yeah. over what happened at WrestleMania. And then Madcap Moss, I will say, when WWE wants to foreshadow stuff or build to an actual breakup, it works, and this worked tonight. They actually built to this breakup with, with Corbin being meaner to Madcap every single week, not finding his jokes funny, and you heard the crowd even before the turn happened. They were cheering for Madcap Moss. We had a Madcap Moss chant 
I would have never guessed that. I would have never guessed that just two months ago that we would have a Madcap Moss chant. But it tells you that Corbin is very much over as a heel and that Madcap Moss has been very good in the ring. He's gotten the people on his side. They wanted to see him do the turn here. And his his joke about Corbin was actually kind of funny with him saying that he looks like he's going to a funeral for Tommy Bahama. So that was actually that was actually that, a funny, a rare funny joke for Madcap Moss. That would be the best face turn of all time is if Madcap Moss actually started telling funny jokes. Like now that that's a lot of pressure, right? Because you actually have to get somebody who can write funny jokes. And then he has to nail the delivery. It's easy to say bad jokes and get them wrong. All right. But like, so I don't know if I would be brave enough to, to attempt that, but you could tell they had big things for mad cat Moss when they had him win the Andre, the giant Memorial battle Royal. This usually means nothing. It usually means nothing, but I think they actually did that to kind of set. Well, it could still there. mean nothing. In the long run, sure. I mean, don't let's don't get on that wagon too soon. Yeah. I think it no. go around the corner. We just fall off. This is a great. This is a great first start. This is a great first start, and they'll see if they can build on this now, right? So that's that's it. Uh, Rollin with another one here. He says tonight the what chant would have uh, would have crushed Ronda. I mean, the what chant crushes a lot of people. Uh, to be completely honest with you, I mean, there was a point where the what chant ate Roman Reigns lunch anytime he cut a promo. And then, you know, now he, he rolls with it. Uh, I hate the what chant. But but I would say this, you know, for everything that we said wrong about Ronda Rousey, it kind of everything that the crowd has been reacting to her kind of stands by my original point that Ronda Rousey would have never had the fans turn on her if she never would have feud with Becky Lynch in the first place back in 2018. Because although Ronda Rousey has not been very good on the mic and she hasn't set the world on fire in the ring either the fans are still reacting to her like a baby face they chanted ronda when she when she came out they're still behind her so it really is it just depends on who she's going against if they put her against a baby face again then the crowd will will go against her but the fact she's going against charlotte flair the crowd is still behind her for some reason how much did she talk before not that much she she had you can tell that she was working with Paul Heyman a lot on her promos originally because a lot it was like a lot of the 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 kind of like punchline one liners that she had in like feuds against like the Bellas or even against Becky and stuff like that. I don't know what's going on now. It feels more like WWE writers are writing yeah, her it, and she doesn't she's not comfortable with it. Well, because it looks like she gets gets totally lost. Because when she pauses, she's trying to remember the problem. Yeah. So, I mean, I the, the the biggest complaint you get from a lot of people is it like it sounds like she doesn't want to be there, and obviously she wants to be there because if she didn't, she wouldn't be there. But yeah, there's there's just a certain like. Well, some people cannot talk in front of crowds. She may talk okay in the dressing room because the pressure is off. When that pressure's on and that camera's on, that mic's right there. I don't know if she, I don't think she handles that well. I mean, she seems comfortable when she's doing her live streams. Maybe just that's different too. That's that's a whole different ballgame. Can't see the audience. I understand yeah. that. She's no relaxed. What we're doing right now, obviously, can't can't see the folks, but we we appreciate everybody who's sticking with us here. 
uh, for for now 90 minutes. Uh, one other thing worthy of uh, talking about here. I know somebody bringing up Jinder Mahal for Intercontinental Champion. I'm happy they're going to do something with him, but I think he's probably losing to Ricochet um, next week. Ricochet did say he wasn't going to be on the show tonight. He he took time off this weekend, so that's why I'm not lighting up the chat about the Intercontinental Champion not being on television this week. Um, they set up this tag team match on Monday, Sid, between Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Sasha Banks and, and Naomi should be, and I wrote about this for cage side seats today should be two foundational pillars to build a tag team division off of, but it definitely looks like they are building towards Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan splitting after this Monday. But man, I was a bit surprised by this result tonight with Liv Morgan versus Sasha Banks. I shouldn't have been because death taxes and WWE's women's tag team champions losing like that. Case in point, a women's tag team champion in WWE has not won a match since January 3rd. Sasha Banks is continuing that losing streak that was left behind by Queen Zelina and Carmella. So I should have known that Liv Morgan was going to win this one. But for me, this win for Liv adds a little bit, just a little bit of intrigue on Monday. I mean, to be fair, Sasha and Naomi were winning all their matches before WrestleMania. They picked up the win at WrestleMania. They won on Raw in a championship contenders match. And it's very rare that the champion wins a championship contenders match. So this loss right here was to set up some doubt going into Monday. And I like the way they did it. They protected Sasha. Sasha performed the superplex. And then she just got caught by, by Liv Morgan, who held on to her cradled her up for the one, two, three. It wasn't a big major loss. So I like the way they did this. Those two ladies had a very good matchup that really surprised me and exceeded my expectations. They worked very well with each other. So it made me anticipate this tag team match a lot more than I did coming into this show. Well, I like the match. Hey, what happened to, what's her name? Vega? What's her name? Queen Zelina. Yes. Yeah, what happened Knight. to her? She's on Raw. Yeah, she's on Raw. She was one half of the women's tag team champions until WrestleMania when her and Carmella lost, uh, and then they split up on Raw. So we now have three tag teams left in the women's tag team division, uh, and it looks like Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley are heading towards a split, but but who knows? They may choose to, to keep them together and put both of them with Edge and Damian Priest, which is what I said in my article on cage side seats that that's exactly what they should do because if anybody deserves some some creative footing and long-term creative booking it's 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 Liv morgan she's had so many different changes of direction just give her some solid footing for just a little bit for the love of god but it'll be interesting to see what what they do but the writing was on the wall with Rhea not writing on the wall with Rhea not being there tonight i wouldn't be I don't know. It's definitely intriguing about what they're going to do, but I, I, I don't think there's a prayer in hell that uh, Rhea and Liv win this match on Monday. Uh, Dutch, any final comments, concerns? I think we covered everything. My notes are all over hell now, but I think we got it all. No, I think we got it all. I think we all demonstrated that we're all idiots in our own separate ways. And oh, sure. So, so people can take that as what it's worth and, We'll just we're just moving along. But I did enjoy the show. And I, how how often do we say we enjoyed both shows? We've never said that, have we? It's In a while, very, all three of us. No, yeah, I don't think that's happened. It's no. very rare. Last because week, last week, Dutch enjoyed SmackDown. Didn't enjoy Rampage. I enjoyed Rampage. I didn't enjoy SmackDown. But this week, 
I enjoyed both shows. Like mm-hmm. I said, I thought SmackDown was a vast improvement from Monday Night Raw, and this was one of the best Rampage episodes in quite some time. Uh, Ronald Curtis, one last one asking a question for us. Uh, we talked about Roman ad nauseum and all the different options, but we didn't say who we would want to see him face next. So if you guys, well, Dutch did, Randy Orton. I, I did, it. Randy Orton. Yeah, I think it makes sense. You don't, need, you don't even need to build time for that. Sid, if you had to pick somebody to fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Backlash, who would it be? Drew McIntyre. I agree. Drew McIntyre should have been shooting Drew. They should have gave us the Drew McIntyre Sami Zayn match tonight. Have Drew McIntyre just win, pin him with the Claymore, and then he should have came out to interrupt Roman Reigns and finally step up to the Universal, uh, the undisputed Universal Champion. Yeah, it definitely seems like they're leaning towards Nakamura and Reigns, which again, in a bubble, I don't hate, even if it necessarily doesn't make a ton of sense, especially the way the Nakamura has been booked. I would have gone with McIntyre as well, but judging off of what they did tonight, I think McIntyre and Sami Zayn are going to be working with one another uh, for uh, a couple more weeks and maybe even have a match at WrestleMania Backlash. As far as Bianca, uh, look, there's a lot of options. I think Becky Lynch will still be her opponent at WrestleMania Backlash, but I'll I'll just say Alexa Bliss just to get her back on television. But talking about Bianca, she's on Raw, correct? Yes, she is now the Raw Women's Champion, yes. Uh, who are the new girls on Raw? Did they have new ones like they did on SmackDown? No, they didn't have anybody new. Okay. Well, I said if she was on SmackDown, she's already got a couple of two new opponents right now with Lacey yeah. Evans and that Rodriguez girl. And I don't know what Raw has, but the, the the issue with Bianca now is is like Bianca has already beaten everybody on the roster on the way to Becky Lynch. So she defeated Becky Lynch. So now it's like, okay, well, who has she not faced? Well, Alexa Bliss would be one. You could bring back Asuka. That would be a a good option if she's healthy as well. Bailey would be intriguing, but she's already beaten Bailey in the past as well. So there's not a lot of options for for Bianca right now either. So my that's why I'm saying get Alexa Bliss back on television, but she's getting married soon. So maybe she's not going to be available for, for some time still. So I, I think that's why they're going to go back to the well. I think that's why they're going to do Becky Lynch and her at WrestleMania backlash. It just makes sense from a booking standpoint. Becky's going to want a rematch and she's going to get a rematch. Uh, we do appreciate you guys. Thank you, Ronald and everybody else who threw in all of those uh, uh, super chats here tonight. Really good show tonight. Really good energy. I love it when they actually put like good stuff on there. You know, I don't have to scream and yell. I think I only screamed and yell like one time tonight. You take it too seriously. I do. You're I'm very passionate. I'm very passionate, Dutch, but that's just, what makes me good at what I do. Just relax. Nothing you can do about it. Just knock it. But then nothing to knock. Oh, there's a few things we can knock, but always not. Not many. Not many. I got my tweezers right here, always ready to, to, to nitpick. Sid, you got your show tomorrow. What's going on? <laughs> yes, check us out. 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time, the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We got special guest Andrew Thompson of Post Wrestling. If you like to hear me be more vocal and not do the ASMR voice, check out True Hill Heat 170 <laughs> tomorrow at 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time when my kids aren't asleep. Very, very good. Dutch, what you got going on? I'm going to go to the bar and get drunk, I think. Good option. Always a good option. Email me at Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's at uh, gmail.com. And I have a few more things. I'm, I'm going to make an appearance in St. Louis on May the 14th. It's the Bruiser Brody Tribute Show. Oh, and I will sorry, be there. Uh, how far are you from St. Louis? 
Uh, about five hours or so. Damn, that's a long way. Anyway, <laughs> I think that's May May fourteenth. I think now I'll be there, and I may be a few more places. I'll let you know. Guys, if you're not subscribed to the Believe in Pro Wrestling uh, podcast YouTube channel yet, please hop on there. You get uh, four uh, debate shows every week between myself and Sid. It's a good time. Uh, our next one's going to be dropping 7 a.m. on Monday. Again, by the way, that's spelled B-L-E-A-V. And by the way, still some really, really great stuff up there for my trip to Dallas, including conversations with Rhea Ripley, Los Lotharios, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, Yes, I finally got to talk to Becky Lynch. That is up there as well. And you can watch the entire Cody Rhodes media scrum up there. Uh, again, if you missed out on that, the guy gives really uh, thought out, honest, as far as I know, answers. He's, uh, he's great. I can't wait to get to talk to him one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, at some point. All of that is up there right now on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, thank you for the support. Also, go ahead and click thumbs up on this video as much as possible. Subscribe to everywhere. You can find Sports Keto Wrestling. We'll be back next week, early next week, early. Thank you, NBA. 10.05. Dutch loves that. He'll get to go to bed before midnight next week. Great. <laughs> they need to make the move permanent. Screw the people on the West Coast. I don't care that it's 4 o'clock. Very, very good. Dutch, what you got going on? With two L's. Very, very good. Dutch, what you got going on? I'm a gmail.com. And I have a few more things on the 14th. It's the Bruce with two L's. At, uh, damn, that's a long way. The 14th is the Bruiser Brody tribute. Damn, that's a long way. Anyway. <laughs> Myself and Sid, it's a good time. Uh, our next one's going to be dropping 7 a.m. Myself and Sid, it's a good time. Uh, our next one's going to be dropping seven stuff up there for my trip to Dallas, including conversations with... Rhea Ripley, Los Lotharios, Sami Zayn, AJ stuff up there for my trip to Dallas, including Converse Well. And you can watch the entire Cody Rhodes media scrum up there uh, as well. And you can watch the entire. He's uh, he's great. I can't wait to get to talk to him uh, one on one uh, at some support. Also, go ahead and click thumbs up on this video as much as possible. EA 10 support. Also, go ahead and click thumbs up on this video as much as possible. EA 10 people on the West Coast. I don't care that it's four o'clock people on the west coast i don't care that it's four o'clock